So the time bank is space being held for people that have skills and services. And we believe everybody has skills and services that bring value to a, to the community. Um, and it's a place where they get to connect and, you know, bank time credits and spend time credits around skills and services that everybody can value equally. And greetings, everyone, and welcome to Buzz for Good, where we talk all things nonprofits, the people they serve, and the good they do. And today, we are often told that time is money. And in our economy, we value some people's time more than others. Try paying an attorney or a pro athlete the same as you pay your teacher or artist. But in the New River Valley of Virginia, there is a nonprofit that values everyone's time equally regardless of their skills or education or expertise, as a way of building community and fostering human connection. So it takes Mr. Smith an hour to chop up a tree? Well, he gets an hour of social media training from Ms. Franklin, who gets an hour of quilting instruction from Ms. Frost, who gets an hour-long bourbon tasting from Mr. Wilson. How and why does all this work? On today's show, I am providing some time to my good friend Lisa Garcia with the New River Valley, or NRV, Time Bank. But first, I am Michael Hemphill, creator and host of this radio show, as well as the TV show Buzz that airs every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. on Blue Ridge PBS. It's also available on our YouTube channel, at Buzz for Good. Our newest episode of our TV show stars the Salem Area Ecumenical Ministries. And we are hosting a watch party March 14th at the Grandin Theater in historic Roanoke, Virginia. At the end of today's show, I'm going to play some excerpts from that episode. And I hope you will be inspired to join us at our free watch party at the Grandin Theater on March 14th. Just go to buzzforgood.com. That's buzz, B-U-Z-Z, number four, good.com. Also stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube all at Buzz for Good. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors, the Roanoke Cultural Endowment, Friendship, a senior living retirement community for the Roanoke Valley, Friendship.us, Partners in Financial Planning, a Southwest Virginia-based financial management firm, PartnersinFinancialPlanning.com, and our newest sponsor, First Bank and Trust, headquartered in Southwest Virginia, providing individuals and businesses with an exceptional suite of tools, resources, and solutions to navigate financial life. Firstbank.com. And speaking of sponsors, before Buzz, I buzzed as marketing director for Roanoke Catholic School, where one of my annual highlights was promoting the Shamrock Hill Run. Well, I am thrilled the school is bringing it back this year, on March the 16th, and I am honored that Buzz can be a sponsor. And here is a message from another race sponsor, Dr. Misty Link of Link Orthodontics. Hi, I'm Dr. Misty Link, a dedicated Roanoke Catholic mom and Roanoke Valley orthodontist, and a proud sponsor of the Shamrock Hill Run. Get a lucky start to your St. Patrick's Day weekend with our 5K and one mile race on Saturday, March 16th at 9 a.m. Just $20 to register by March 4th, $25 after. Register at RoanokeCatholic.com slash Shamrock Hill. And now it is time. Time for more about the nonprofit New River Valley Time Bank. 
with my good friend, Lisa Garcia. Lisa, what is the coolest experience that you have seen thus far offered on the New River Valley Time Bank? Oh, offered or actually executed? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do both. Okay. Um, so executed, the one that comes to mind is we had a major windstorm in the region and a huge tree fell across somebody's driveway and they live in a rural area. And if you had to pay for that service to remove the tree, probably would have cost between $700 and $1,000. But mm -hmm. the family put a request out on the time bank and said, hey, we can't get out of our, of our home. We can't get out of our driveways. Anybody got a chainsaw can help us. And immediately somebody showed up with a chainsaw, cut up the tree, moved it, all for a few time credits. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, you know, I, I have a husband who has chainsaw will travel and another time banker um, faculty member at Virginia Tech had a tree fall at her home and took down a fence. And my husband's not really officially a time bank member, but he's like, we got to go over there. And so while she was uh, out of town, we went over, cut things up cleared the wood, fixed the fence, and we would not have known her or become friends if it weren't for the time bank. And how did you get, I guess, paid in return? So the way the time bank works, or time banking, and I'm learning more and more about the history of this, it's basically what falls under the heading of an alternative economy. Mm -hmm. And people exchange skills and services for time credits. So they then bank time credits. Um, so those two examples I gave, however many hours it takes, one person uh, pays the other person with time credits and they can bank those inside our software, mm -hmm. you know, this artificial market, so to speak. Um, so I can, I have banked 50 time credits right now for various things that I have done uh, for the time bank or, or for other time bank members. And I can spend those time credits, or in some cases, uh, in some places, they're called time dollars. I can spend those time credits with anybody in the time bank. Um, so, yeah, so that's how a person is paid. And then they, unlike a bartering system, like it's not just between those two people, you, again, it encourages you to do exchanges of skills and services with anybody in the membership. All right, well, let's re rewind a little bit and introduce you properly here. So I'm joined here on Buzz for Good by Lisa Garcia, who is an original community advisor of the New River Valley Time Bank uh, in the New River Valley of Virginia, and uh, currently a part-time employee who is helping with community development of the Time Bank. And Lisa and I go way back. Um, you've we started out working together as reporters at the Roanoke Times in the late 90s. And then through the years, you have become like this entrepreneurial guru for companies, not only locally, but throughout the world. And how cool is it that uh, you're now kind of devoting those skills to uh, yeah. entrepreneurs, but like in a completely different space. So this is wonderful. And when, when you were telling me about this New River Valley Time Bank, I was inspired and curious, and so I appreciate you coming on the bus for good and sharing about what this thing is. So because you are an original community advisor, kind of tell, talk us through how this time bank came into being. 
So the Time Bank in the Newer Valley falls under a nonprofit called NRV Home. There have been several things in there. Uh, one of the goals of NRV Home is to improve the quality of life and the ability for the older citizens in the region to uh, live as long as possible in their own homes. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to find elder care and those kinds of things in a rural setting. And oftentimes people have to leave their homes to go to a nursing home or something else because they can't afford the upkeep of their home. Maybe they're on a fixed income or they've become disabled in some way and can't do certain things. Um, a time bank allows those same people in their younger years, maybe to bank time dollars or time credits and spend them later um, or even come into the time bank in an elder stage of life and contribute value back to the community and earn time credits that they can get help for things like um, fixing a heating system, which happened uh, not too long ago in Pulaski for somebody who was really just didn't have the funds uh, to fix that sort of problem. But mm -hmm. for a few time credits, it, it all got done. Hmm. Well, and I'm looking at the website, which is nrv.timebanks.org. And it's not just like home fix-it stuff. I mean, uh, oh, people no. can, can use time credits to uh, create, I'm saying, uh, quilt blocks or create a LinkedIn profile, silver jewelry or flatware cleaning, uh, photo scanning, editing help, foggy headlights made clear, small appliance repair, a sunset hike at Ball Knob. One that you were telling me about recently was uh, there's a gentleman in the New River Valley who is a Scotch whiskey uh, aficionado. And he, one of his, uh, I guess, time bank opportunities was offering a tasting to people who wanted to come and learn more about Scotch whiskey. I mean, it's fascinating oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, the the it runs the gamut. So every time we gather and do an orientation for new members or have a social, we do an activity where we ask everybody, you know, with post-it notes or whatever to write down one thing they might offer in the time bank and one thing they might request. Now, it's always, you know, self-selected people joining the time bank. And the first thing most people say is, you know, gosh, I have nothing to give. Or they're like, oh, you know, I just want to help people. I don't have anything I could request, right? And so it's interesting when you nudge them a little bit. So the uh, Don, uh, Dan Crowder, one of our first staff members uh, years ago in 2016, 2017, he had this way of saying how you might make a request. He says, look at that to-do list you have. And all the way down at the bottom, those things you never get to, put those in the time bank. Mm. I did that exercise at home. And I can tell you multiple chores got done, such as, you know, <laughs> old paint in the in the basement, in the garage that needed to go be picked up and taken to the dump during the, on, on the hazardous waste day where you had to have an appointment. And it just wasn't happening. And I thought, I'll just put it in the time bank. It's not going to happen. Boom. Somebody calls. He comes with his pickup. It's full of stuff he's taking. He's flipping a his rental property and off it goes. Um, the other day, I took all the electronics that I've been saving my home, thinking maybe someday, somehow I can fix them. Maybe I don't want to throw them in the trash. Took them to an engineer in the time bank and said, if you can fix any of this, great. If you can't, then I know it should go in the trash. Boom. You know, 90% of it came back fixed. Some of it was 10 years old sitting in my house. Wow. Right. Um, just incredible 
amazing amount of wealth of talent and expertise all in one place. It's incredible. Yeah. And the cool thing about it, you were telling me is that, you know, it, it's not as though the electrical engineer is valued more in this time bank system than say somebody who is going to lead a sunset hike at Bald Knob. It's right. however, however many hours is how many hours you get doing the other thing. Yeah, the joke that uh, I like to tell during orientations is my husband's an economist and he absolutely <laughs> does not get this. I, I, you know, to me, it's simple math. One equals one. To yeah. him, it's like, that's impossible. One mm -hmm. hour of chainsaw work or electrical work can't possibly equal one hour of weeding. It's the, It makes no sense. And I was like, hmm, one equals one. That seems yeah. pretty straightforward to me. Yeah. Um, but but that is one of the, you know, the core principles of tide making is uh is equality and valuing all work equally mm -hmm. and uh you know mutual respect and you know it goes back to many core principles of, of very ancient uh communities and societies but it's this idea of mutual aid right yeah. helping yeah. each out, other out with an expectation that you know that others will be there for you when you need similar help right Yes, I mean, there is a, and once again, joined here on Buzz for Good by uh, Lisa Garcia, who uh, is uh, working with the New River Valley Time Bank uh, as a community developer. Uh, she was one of the original community advisors of the Time Bank. And the Time Bank, this novel concept, but, but also, I mean, it's kind of like what happens often in, I'd say, more rural communities, but where, you know, neighbors helping neighbors. But instead of like, I'm helping my next door neighbor, uh, you know, rake leaves in his yard and, you know, maybe one day he'll do the same for me. It's you're able to bank that credit for helping somebody do something uh, to receive in return, maybe something that somebody else in this time bank uh, has to offer. And so I see right now you've got 178 members uh, we do. on the website. Um I mean, that's incredible growth and, and so so many different opportunities that are offered there. Yeah, yeah. Time banking as as the model that we're uh, you know embracing here was actually uh, created by a man named Edgar Kahn, uh, who was a lawyer, and he and his wife uh, created this after he had a massive heart attack and was mm. you know a little bit older, and he thought you know I don't like feeling useless without value, and he came up with this concept. Now there are, are thousands of time banks around the world. There are more than 500 in the United States alone. Uh, 37 other countries have time banks. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, it is something that is a, a vehicle of uh, community strengthening and resilience that makes sense to, you know, a thread of the community that, that really shows up for each other. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, kind of get back in and tell us how we got to where we are now. You said so like in 2016 is when the time bank concept sure, so, of New River Valley took off. Yeah. So what happened was NRV Home, among the many things they were trying to do was to increase the quality of life for older citizens. And the time bank concept uh, rose to the top as one of the ways that we could help people that are older age in place you know, make their homes lifespan friendly, so to speak. Um, and it has done that for some people. Um, remarkably, 
what it has also done is we have members as young as 18 and members as old as 90. So it, it really does connect people across generations um, and it's become a great connector in that way. So that was the original reason. The reason I was involved was I was part of a, a what is called the NRV Livability uh, Conference. It was held, held annually. And at the time I was in the room when they were talking about older it's the reason I went was they were going to talk about elder care and I was helping to take care of three uh, older family members and uh, I wanted to learn more. And I asked a lot of questions and afterwards they said, you should be involved in this. (laughs) So, you know, if you ask a lot of questions in a meeting like that, um, somebody's going to tap you on the shoulder, but to me, it made a lot of sense. And I'm very, very bought into the model because I've seen it work. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just incredible. And it's growing. Our time bank is growing in collaborations. Um, so keep in mind that thread of, of working with older people in the community and increasing their um, financial, extending their finances in a way. We are now collaborating collaborating uh, with the Virginia Tech Lifelong Learning Institute to put in their course schedule. Uh, if you're not familiar with LLI, all the members are 50 years or older. A lot of intellect and skill sets there. Um, And it's all run by volunteers and they host multiple courses on a variety of topics and skills. So the time bank has been asked to um, create and uh, execute a course on home maintenance and repair. So we're collaborating with LLI to do that, which will reach a whole nother group of folks. We're also collaborating with some folks internationally to do a couple of new things too. So mm. a lot going on. Mm. Fabulous. So to again, kind of illustrate how this might work. Here I am. I want to join this time bank and I am going to offer, let's say an hour podcast session with somebody out there who wants to create maybe a pilot episode of a podcast. And it takes me an hour to produce that podcast. I now have an hour in the time mm-hmm. bank that I can cash in, or I guess not cash in, but I use to receive an hour of one of the many different services that are offered through the time bank. So it doesn't have to necessarily be a direct exchange with that person okay. who I'm helping. It could be any of the other 170 plus members in the time bank and the things that they are doing. That's right. Absolutely. So you can search wow. the time bank software and see what's offered and spend mm-hmm. or if you have a specific need, you can search by keyword. We had um, an issue, somebody had a plumbing issue re- recently. You can search plumbing and find everybody that's listed in their bio that they know something about plumbing and you can reach out directly to them. They may not be offering that, but a direct ask will again, oftentimes yield some help around something. So we had that happen recently. Somebody had water coming in their basement and the person that you know, responded, said, I can't come over there right now. Do you have FaceTime? And she said, I do. And, you know, she walked them virtually around the basement and she learned what water shutoff valves were, you know, new homeowner, had no idea. She learned about that. She learned what to do next. Uh, You know, she had to hire a professional to fix it because it was a major septic tank pipe issue, but she couldn't figure out where to start and the time bank helped her figure that out. 
All right, we're going to take just a moment from my conversation with Lisa Garcia to again thank our sponsors, Roanoke Cultural Endowment, Friendship Retirement Community, Partners in Financial Planning, First Bank and Trust, and another quick note from one of the sponsors of the Shamrock Hill Run, Link Orthodontics. Hi, I'm Dr. Misty Link, a dedicated Roanoke Catholic mom and Roanoke Valley orthodontist and a proud sponsor of the Shamrock Hill Run. Get a lucky start to your St. Patrick's Day weekend with our 5K and one mile race on Saturday, March 16th at 9 a.m. Just $20 to register by March 4th, $25 after. Register at RoanokeCatholic.com slash Shamrock Hill. All right, and welcome back to Buzz for Good. Joined here and learning about time and time banking from Lisa Garcia, who is an original community advisor and a current community developer part-time employee for the New River Valley Time Bank in the New River Valley of Virginia. And Lisa, we've been talking about the value of time and time banking and um, how this whole uh, organization works. What has been the most, you mentioned at the start of this, you know, kind of the, the coolest thing that you've seen happen as far as, you know, somebody had a tree fall across the driveway, couldn't get out, put a call out on the time bank and somebody shows up and chops it up and good to go. And they didn't have to pay anything for it because they, the person who chopped up the tree uh, ended up being able to uh, get some credits in the time bank to be, be able to use that time, you know, for uh, some other service. Uh, what's been the kind of the coolest exchange you've seen of somebody who offered something and then got something completely different in return? Completely. Oh, you mean? Yeah, like, like yeah. and then they spend them somewhere else. Yeah, right. Yeah, just do you know of a is there a particular story there of someone who let's say like the the person who chopped up the tree? Did he or she end up then getting you know like a lesson in how to you know create pottery or create a LinkedIn profile? something like that. Yeah, so there's so many stories and honestly, because um, I've been, again, with the time bank for a long time, the ones that come to mind are the ones that I've experienced personally. Sure. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll speak to that. I have earned pretty much most of my time credits. And again, I have 50 right now, 52. I, I earned those doing things to help the time bank. So I've created marketing pieces. I've done social media work. I've served on, the advisory committee, all of these different things to help the organization, the nonprofit. Um, I have spent those with time bankers and here are some of the things that we've uh, benefited from in our family. My husband and I got a private lesson from a uh, leader and expert in the region in beekeeping. Ooh. So we went to, uh, you know, we got to suit up and, you know, see the bees and learn about what it is, you know, I thought, and, and he, I think he thought too that we might want to be beekeepers. What, what I learned was their livestock, it would be like having, you know, a whole farm to have bees. They're, they need a lot of attention. I have a lot more respect for why honey costs so much now. Um, we had um, retired electrical engineers come to our house and change out um, as part of a remodel. We were trying to save money so we could pay for college bills. Um, we had time bankers come to our home and help us design, uh, figure out, and do some electrical work related to a remodel. Uh, you've been to my home, Michael, you've seen it. That was that whole side of the den in the kitchen. That was in part done by time bankers wow. and, and nice. help. 
Um, the funniest story I have from our house that you may appreciate, you know, we have two children. We have a stairwell going into the basement and there's a light in over the stairwell and there's no way to reach it. I, I It went out and I, it had been out forever. We've been in that house 20 years. And I was like, I, you know, maybe a time maker can figure out <laughs> how the heck do we change this light bulb? So I went online and well, I literally, found, how many people does it take to change a light bulb? And Lisa, how many time makers now? does it? Do? So there's, it's more than one. <laughs> okay. So I went online and I found there's a ladder that you can get that sits on steps, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's what I need. I need one of those ladders so I can reach that light bulb. So I took a picture of it. You can upload in your requests in the software. Okay any sort of image or photograph. And so I took, a, you know, that picture and I literally was like, does anybody have this kind of ladder? May I borrow it? Three people had that ladder wow. and offered immediately. You're welcome. to, And, you know, they could either deliver it and, you know, get drive time and delivery time and time credits, or I could go pick it up. So I contacted one of those guys. I went and picked up the ladder and I thought, eh, I'm still not so sure I want to be the one on the ladder. Right. I put it out again on the time bank and you know, how many time bankers does it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> um, and, and uh, another person came, used the ladder, changed the light bulb. His name's Carl. And that was fantastic. Now, I don't know if you know this, if this happens in your family, but if the power goes out or lights out, every time you go past that light switch, you still flick it. It's like oh, sure. muscle, right? right? And the light still doesn't come on. We, we all do that. So our son was going downstairs one day after years. He's lived in this house since he was two. And he flips that switch and the light comes on. He's like, mom, there's a light in the stairwell. And I was like, oh yeah, there is. Right. And that was, gosh, that was, that same light bulb is still on. Mm -hmm. And that guy has moved away. And I'm thinking, what happens when it goes out again? Right. But, um, I, I rest assured that some time bankers will help us change the light bulb again someday. But, but you know, there's that, um, what's at the bottom of your list? So we, we are the second owners of this home. There's a breaker box in every home mm -hmm. and the switches turn off certain parts of the electrical uh, outlets and things to a certain part of the house. So if you're working on something, you kind of have to understand which breakers are for which parts of the house. Our breaker box was labeled and it's like this switch is Michael's bedroom. This one is Luann's, you know, study. You know, none of it made any real sense. So uh, I was on my long to-do list was to map the breaker box. So mm -hmm. Carl came over and we mapped the entire breaker box. So now when I do electrical work at the house, I know which switches to flip, right? But if I'd had a, and he's an engineer, um, extremely talented he's the kind of person that in his spare time built exact replicas of kit car from knight rider and sold those for thousands of dollars you know <laughs> these are amazing brilliant human beings yeah. all of them every single one of them right uh my husband's backpack ripped and broke and he wanted a new one just like it and they didn't have it anymore and he wouldn't give it up so i put it out to the time bank and somebody you know could fix the zipper and now he's got his backpack back, you know, it's just a minute, a multitude of things that can happen. Yeah. And, you know, back to the gentleman who offered an appreciation of a fine single malt Scotch whiskey, he and his buddies, uh, they're called themselves Scotch hunters have now tasted reviewed and have expertise with more than 600 different wow. single Scotch Ooh. single 
Scotch whiskeys. And, uh, you know, our goal is before the end of the year to host another tasting. We've done two at our home and I'll see people on the street that were at those years ago. And they're like, when are we doing the next one? That was so yeah. much fun. Yeah. He, I'm, I want in on that. Yeah. And he doesn't <laughs> just know a little bit. He used to teach. And so he comes with a whole presentation. He can answer questions. People are tasting. They learn why and how that, you know, those ingredients were distilled in that manner and why the flavor profile is what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just been an incredible learning uh, opportunity, an incredible way to save money, um, to do things that are climate friendly, not put things in the landfill. Mm -hmm. uh, just and again, each of those things, uh, the, the value of them is essentially the same. It's, you know, if it takes an hour to lead a scotch whiskey tasting uh, for someone, it's the same as an hour it takes to completely rewire uh, all of your electrical outlets in your house or to right. sew the backpack or to chop up the tree in the yard. And so it's yeah. not like one is valued more than the other. It's if it takes an hour to do this, then you get an hour to be able to do this other thing, which is fascinating. Yeah. And I think that's a thing that that for a lot of people, I you know, I work with a lot of businesses and entrepreneurs and, you know, that's been my professional space for a number of years. And um, there's that is a very profit minded yeah. value centric space where you're you're saying, here's the value proposition of the the product or service that I'm selling. And it is worth this many dollars. Right. But mm -hmm. in this space, this alternative economy, one hour of service equals one hour of service, no matter what those things are, yeah. uh, which just is a fantastic democratization. And for me, my thread back to uh, the startup community is a lot of those people are bootstrapping their personal lives in order to bootstrap their business, which means they're doing everything as lean as possible, yeah. right? Not not, you know, I know entrepreneurs in the region that are doing fairly well now that that couch surfed for a number of years, mm -hmm. slept on people's couches in order to be able to live somewhere while they were starting their businesses. You know, the time bank is another way to bootstrap your personal life as you're investing your dollars, your actual currency in other places and spaces. Right. Yeah. Beautifully put. Beautifully put. Uh, again, joined here on Buzz for Good by Lisa Garcia, an original community advisor of the New River Valley Time Bank and currently a part-time employee and community developer and more. And I encourage everyone, go check out nrv.timebanks, that's plural, .org, and see all the different things that are part of this time bank. It's fascinating. And, and I know we've talked about, you know, as far as some of the inspiration for this for people wanting to be part of it is maybe to save money, right? Sure. But but it's not really totally, but the heart of this is not about saving money. I, no, I don't think so at all. Um, it's really, it's, it's human connection yeah. in a way that, again, for uh, these people that are self-selecting to be a part of this, uh, it's human connection around things that people are good at and they enjoy doing. Uh, we have many, many uh, people that sew in the time bank and they've loved sewing for a long time and they make beautiful art and quilts and clothes. And, you know, 
that is a gift and a skill that I do not have. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's just wonderful to be connected to people that um, can help others with projects like that. The, the other thing that we do, we have nonprofit members of the time bank, very limited number. I can explain why, but we have three or four right now. Um, one of those is Habitat for Humanity. We're very closely affiliated with them in two ways. One is we, with Habitat for Humanity at their Restore in Christiansburg, Virginia, we host what's called Repair Cafes. So our time bankers and some other volunteers um, set up stations inside mm-hmm. the store uh, around different things that uh, can be repaired. And people are, anybody in the community is welcome to bring up to three items to be repaired to the repair cafe. We'll have a date for the next one very soon. Um, but that collaboration is another, again, people who enjoy doing a certain thing. The guy that fixed all my electronics, I met him at a repair cafe. Okay. And he learned, he learned about the time bank. He joined the time bank. Mm. But he's an engineer and um, he was at a table where there are three or four different engineers from another group we work with called Hacksburg. And they, it was like, bring small appliances. They'll fix them right there. Right. Yeah. People bring in broken coffee makers or uh, blenders and mixers. I saw all sorts of things and they left with them repaired. Right. We have a whole station at the repair calf of people that sew. And so you have, you know, six to eight sewing machines going and then people are bringing in. I saw pillows and blankets and dresses. You know, somebody brought in a shirt that they wanted the sleeves cut off and hemmed, you know, just all sorts of things. And they bring it in and they leave with it repaired. We have uh, Josh Wimmer does a sharp tool sharpening, knife sharpening station Mm. and sparks are flying over there. You know, people bring in all sorts of tools and knives. And one woman who brought in some things uh, told us that she had done the same thing, taken knives to a professional sharpener business in town as part of a business um what she got done at the repair cafe that day in about eh, 20 minutes she paid to have done not too long before that maybe a year for 150 dollars um what else do we have we had jewelry repair in there um just a couple of other kinds of things so that's another thing collaboration we have um we just started and i guess it's limited though because that I could see that perhaps opening up with people like, well, I volunteer this organization, therefore I should get credit in the time bank. Well, you yeah, know. so that, that's right. So what we didn't, what we don't want the time bank to become is a um, conduit to manage volunteers for a lot of nonprofits. Right. Because if somebody wants to volunteer for a nonprofit, as you and I know, great. There are, there are thousands of ways to do that, right? Yeah. So that's not the purpose, main purpose of the time bank. Um, but we do have a couple of nonprofit members that uh, the leadership, you know, kind of vets and approves as being aligned in some way with what we're doing. So yeah. obviously Habitat Restore and Habitat for Humanity and the Repair Cafe fits. And so if you're a time banker and you volunteered that day, you get time credits. Mm-hmm. in the time for doing mm-hmm. that. Right. Uh, so in, in return, I mean, does Habitat for Humanity or do these nonprofits then provide some? Well, they service? provide a space. Right? Yeah. They, mm-hmm. In that case, they're providing a space 
Um, so yes, there is some reciprocity in mm -hmm. the in in the uh, I'm banking world. Yeah, in the relationship. Okay. In that relationship, in the nonprofit. So there's there's some sort of give and take. Mm -hmm. um, so another new collaboration, NRV Home is this is our parent nonprofit. And like I said, the Time Bank is under that, but they have several efforts. One of those is Millstone Kitchen, which is mm. you may be familiar with that out on Price's Fork Road. And um, for, for the listeners who don't know about Millstone Kitchen, what is it? Yeah, so it it was it is one aspect of uh, what happened in a huge monster effort to um, repurpose Price's Fork Elementary School, and as part of that space, there's now apartments um, that I I believe are for uh, older citizens. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about that, but you know pl places and spaces that used to be classrooms are now apartments. Right. There is a Millstone Kitchen, which was originally launched as, and still is, uh, but it was pre-pandemic and then pandemic kind of shut it down, but it's back. Um, but it was originally um, the brainchild of the group in terms of being a, a shared cooperative space for entrepreneurs in food. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. maybe you want to have a food truck, but you need a commercial kitchen. Commercial kitchen equipment and space is very expensive all on your own. Right. So you can rent time and they have members. Um, I'm always looking for ways to bring time bankers together in person so they can kind of get to know each other a little bit. And so now I've met Michael. He posts an offer request and I was like, oh, I met him at the potluck. I'll answer this, right? Just a little bit. So since we're under the same nonprofit, I asked Ellen Stewart, who's has been the lead from the town of Blacksburg um, staff for the time bank since its creation. There would be no time bank without Ellen. I said, Hey, Ellen, do you think we could do a cooking demo? What have a time banker do a cooking demo at Millstone um, since they're under the same nonprofit. And uh, you know, that'd be a way for some time bankers to meet each other. Right. Mm -hmm. She said, well, well, let's ask. And we asked and pitched and they're like, we want, to be a nonprofit member, this is such a good fit for us. And yes, you can do that. And we have times that the kitchen's not being used, right? So we just just set up this uh, connection and collaboration. And so next is find time bankers. And we have many that offer cooking, baking lessons and servants. We just had a woman in the time bank um, deliver homemade bread to her home. You know, all we did was pay for the ingredients. You do pay, yeah. you do exchange cash if there's some raw materials needed. Okay. Um, but, you know, for a few dollars, I had home-baked bread delivered to my house. It was fabulous. Um, so somebody like that can do a cooking demo and then at Millstone in a commercial kitchen. And um, Millstone gets that exposure. Um, we get use of the space. And right. Millstone is allowed to post in the time bank when they have, you know, maybe a minor repair they need to have, mm, nice. or they do a thing that they started during the pandemic where they do meals for the community and just kind of like Micah's backpack where you need volunteers to um, fill the backpacks for students in the schools who whole another nonprofit that's fabulous. Right. They need multiple hands to, um, to make those meals, to box the meals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so 
that's where that collaboration, but it fits with what we're doing. And again, they're under the same nonprofit umbrella that we are. Um, they're under one, they're part of what's called live, live, work, eat, grow. Lovely. Lovely. Well, again, here on Buzz for Good, joined by Lisa Garcia, who with the New River Valley Time Bank, nrv.timebanks.org, talking about this just kind of an old concept of neighbors helping neighbors, but kind of with a new contemporary spin where it's not only neighbors, help, but you, you may not know who your neighbor is, but you yeah. get an opportunity to meet someone uh, through a service that you find intriguing or that you need. Uh, in this time bank and go take a look at their website, nrv.timebanks.org to see all the different ways that people are helping each other in this. And again, uh, you know, earlier we were talking about kind of, you know, maybe there's the the need to save the, or the desire to save money, which is kind of maybe one inspiration to get part of this, but it's really about human connection. And by, before we started recording here, you were sharing about, you know, the, the heat wave that hit Europe 15 so years ago. And so many people who died were people who lived alone. And how does that then kind of inform what you're doing here? Yeah, so the human connection factor um, is a driving force for me in particular, and many, many other people involved with time banking. We believe that the strength of the community is, and the way we're gonna overcome all the many, many challenges the world is facing is human connectedness. Um, so we know that politics in the United States and abroad is polarizing. You know, people are literally dying here and other places because of political differences. One of the people that came to my house, you know, we have an orientation to become a member of the time bank. And one of the things we ask is that you do not use the time in the time bank to um, share your political be beliefs or, you know, religious beliefs or, you know, try to push those things on people. That's not the space to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, I only found out recently that one of the people that did many things at our house and that I called recently to help with something else, we have polar opposite political beliefs. I mean, really astounding to me. It never comes up. Like mm -hmm. that's not part of it, but what we are Goodness. connected. I consider him a friend. I trust him. Um, but we're, we're voting different at the polls, <laughs> you know, yeah. great guy, great guy, brilliant, brilliant guy. So, mm -hmm. uh, and I think probably he, you know, a little ego here. I, I probably think he thinks I'm okay too. Right. And I don't think he cares about my politics, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so we're always looking for ways to create and hold space where people can connect as just people that might enjoy homemade, homemade bread or a potluck, you know, something very simple. So I saw a story in one of the- Which, is, which is so needed these days. So needed, so because, needed. because we we tend to self-select the groups we want to associate with now, whether it's through church or school or even neighborhood. Or um, politics. Or politics or work. I mean, so that yeah. we, you know, what news sources we tune into. And so yeah. this seems a little more where those questions aren't asked at the beginning for entry. You don't really know where the people are. So this common space is so critical. So I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. And so we're always looking for ways to add an exclamation point to that aspect, uh, or at least I am. Um, we get a newsletter that's called that's called uh, Community Weavers. And you, Michael, are, I told you, you're a community weaver and and have been for decades, but it's people 
and organizations that are going out there and doing things to weave the fabric of the community mm -hmm. and really make it stronger and more resilient. Mm -hmm. So I read this story about this thing called camarados. And a camarado, by definition in this group, is somebody that's between a stranger and a friend. So it's it's not a stranger, but it's not a friend. It's just somebody you've met and maybe shared a moment with. So the gentleman who started Camarados is in the United Kingdom. And the basic premise is public living rooms. So this is setting up a space where people can sit down, share a spot of tea, <laughs> a biscuit, you know, the United Kingdom, right? Um, and, uh, you know, just share time. There are no referrals to services, like if you're homeless or something, nobody's sitting there telling you you're broken. There's uh, there, there's no fixing anybody. And there's there's just a place to sit and relax, play a board game, you know, have a snack and that's it. Um, so I was reading this. I set up a call with them. There are only two of these in the United States. The rest are in the United Kingdom. Um, and you know, it's about the fact that we, it's the woman I talked to and she's like, we're all a bit rubbish sometimes, <laughs> you know, so it's okay to be a little bit of rubbish and we're all okay, you know, and we share this space. And uh, so the New River Valley is going to be the third site in the United States of America for public living rooms and a camarados. They will for free send you a kit, you know, that has a teapot and some. <laughs> A banner and you know all the things to start your public living room huh. and we're super excited about this because what's going to happen this is a place where people can sit and meet each other no agenda mm -hmm. have the hold that space for equal and just connectedness mm -hmm. that maybe would not happen otherwise right mm -hmm. it might not happen otherwise so we're super excited about that i've got a little tracking uh you know not app, but, you know, I'm tracking right now the package heading over the pond <laughs> yep. right now. Um, but when it lands, we're going to do our first public living room with some time bankers. And then we're going to do pop up ones. And then, you know, um, and here's the thing about this that I think, Michael, you might and your listeners might find really fascinating because somebody might go, oh, that's good for mental health. OK, but that's not the goal of it. So here's an interesting thing. They have public living rooms at hospitals, at some hospitals in the United Kingdom. And some of them are inside the hospital, some are outside in a tent, and, but it's you know, it's got fairy lights and a couch and maybe some bean bags and a, you know, a teapot and some biscuits or whatever. Um, they had one at a hospital for weeks and weeks and they can, through a little sensor, they can just see how many feet are crossing the threshold. They don't take any metrics, you know, they're not, polling or surveying anybody there, um, but they could tell. And during Mental Health Awareness Week, the hospital mm -hmm. put a sign up there that said, welcome to the Camarado, the public living room for celebrating Mental Health Awareness Week. Their numbers of people that used the public living room plummeted by 40%. Hmm. Hmm. Think about that. What happened? Kind of got stigmatized. Yeah. Come here. You're broken. We'll fix right. you. Yeah. You've got mental health issues. You're at a hospital. You know, I've spent a lot of time in hospitals, right? Um, maybe somebody doesn't want to be fixed. Maybe they don't need to be fixed, but maybe they do want to just sit down and have a cup of tea and 
play connect four. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just thought that was fascinating mm-hmm. that, you know, words, you, you're a writer, words matter. The mm-hmm. lexicon we use to name things matters. Mm-hmm. Right. So the time bank is space being held for people that it have skills and services. And we believe everybody has mm-hmm. skills and services that bring value to a, to the community. Um, and it's a place where they get to connect and, you know, bank time credits and spend time credits around skills and services that everybody can value equally. One to one, <laughs> one equals mm. one. Mm. Bravo. Well, we've been talking for close to an hour now. Um, and I wish I was a member of the time bank because I might try to then cash that out <laughs> in for a whiskey tasting or, you know, to get some yard, yard work done at my house or some bread. But this has been fabulous. So Lisa Garcia with the New River Valley Time Bank. Go check them out at nrv.timebanks.org and see either how, if you're in the New River Valley of Virginia, how you can be part of it, or maybe this is an inspiration for you to create your own time bank in your community because it's all about helping neighbors. And so this is a great way for you to help neighbors in your neck of the woods, uh, even the neighbors you don't even know yet. So Lisa, thank you so much for coming on to Buzz for Good and sharing all about the New River Valley Time Bank. A pleasure and a privilege. Thank you, Michael. Many thanks again to Lisa Garcia for coming on to Buzz for Good. And we hope to start producing in the coming weeks a new episode of our TV show, Buzz, starring the New River Valley Time Bank. So stay tuned to our social media and website for more info. Speaking of new episodes of Buzz, our newest TV show starring Salem Area Ecumenical Ministries airs later this month on Blue Ridge PBS. And we are hosting a free sneak peek watch party on March the 14th at the Grandin Theater. Uh, It's open to the public. Just go to our website, buzzforgood.com. That's B-U-Z-Z, number four, good.com. Click on events and sign up. To conclude today's show, I want to play a few minutes from that episode. The first voice you hear is Trula Byington, who manages one of the ministry's signature programs, Mrs. Dorsey's Clothes Closet which provides free clothing and household items for hundreds of families in need each year. Following her is a representative from the Bradley Free Clinic, who regularly brings clients to the clothes closet, such as D'Antonio Mitchell, whose story of incarceration and hope is one you will not want to miss. Many people ask who comes to the clothes closet, who do we serve, what's our purpose here? The clothes closet's been in existence for over 40 years and the needs change constantly as society changes, I guess. We serve the mother who could not start her children in school on the first day of school because they had no shoes. We serve the families whose homes have burned and they've lost everything. We serve an elderly man recently who needed sanitary supplies for his wife who was terminally ill and they could not afford to buy the supplies. We serve the young couple who came in with a five-day-old baby wrapped in a towel because they had no baby clothes or diapers. We serve a 78-year-old lady in the last few days who became faint because she had not had food for three days. 
Uh, we serve countless individuals from other countries. Many other countries are represented here, and they come with varying needs, often clothing, needing housewares, and so forth. We have served over 1,500 people since November by giving them a winter coat and still distributing coats. We uh, have uh, just helped a young man who was sleeping in a shed for several days without clothing or adequate food. Um, we also um, provide many items like um, wheelchairs, crutches, uh, all sorts of uh, supplies for people who have uh, had illnesses and so forth and cannot afford to go out and buy those things. Uh, we provide hygiene items for people who need them. This is a common occurrence. One of our big areas is in um, helping people who are trying to find a job and they just don't have clothing to wear to their interviews. This happens very often as well. Uh, I, it's hard to define on a daily basis who's going to come in the door and what our need, the need might be. We serve many day treatment programs. They bring in individuals from the whole Roanoke Valley who are in need. So I guess the bottom line would be who does the closed closet serve? We serve everybody that walks in the door and need help. So my name is Brian Bailey. I work with the Bradley Free Clinic and I'm a community health worker there. And what we do is we surround ourselves around the social determinants of health. So that includes clothing. Uh, it includes anything from IDs, vital records, um, food access, and just any other kind of community resource. Um, so this clothing closet's been really pinnacle in helping us get some of those needs met for our patients. Um, so we really appreciate this place. Tell me about the Bradley Free Clinic and the types of people you serve. Yeah, so the, the Bradley Free Clinic is a free clinic open for people who are uninsured or who may have Medicaid or are underinsured. Um, so we serve a large population here in the Valley and, um, you know, anything surrounding health, so I like to focus on the social determinants of health before getting to the health part because a lot of people don't really care about their health until they get some of their basic needs met, like clothing. So, yeah. About, and so you've got a group here today? Yeah, i got a couple couple guys with me here today. A lot of people I work with are from the re-entry population, so maybe just getting released from prison and they don't have just necessary things to get them on the right path. So this is a really good first step to kind of get them feeling good about getting back into society, maybe looking for job interviews and things like that. So, My name is Don Antonio Mitchell. I'm currently in uh, Roanoke, Virginia at a halfway house. I'm from Petersburg, Virginia. Um, I just recently got out of the penitentiary for doing two years for uh, Luda Police. Um, I come here today looking for clothes because I came, I came home with nothing. My mom's dead, my grandma's dead. I, have, I don't have too much family left, so I had nothing coming out with no assistance or help, and I come to this place. Uh, I didn't actually get the name of the place today. I just came in and they started helping me, so that's even even better. That's even up. And uh, when I came in, they opened me, they welcomed me with open and warm, warming arms, and I'm really thankful for them today. Uh, it's my understanding that you're, like, you're coming shopping for some clothes for a job interview? Yes, I, I needed some clothes for a job interview. I actually got on Indeed and lucked up with two job interviews this week and didn't have no uh, job interview clothes, so I'd be able to go to my job interview happy today. So look good, feel good, present, yeah. present good, yeah. Good, right, is that the idea? Yeah, I feel great and I'm, I feel like I'll be looking good once I put these clothes on today.
how would you have been able to get interview closed without this place? Well, without this place, the place the place I'm at would offer me to go to another thrift store, which would be on Thursday, which would be the days after my interview. Or I had to ask fellow people in my household to go to ask to wear some of their things. So I'm really thankful for what they have been able to share with me today. Uh, tell me a little bit more. I'm sorry, I couldn't understand. You just got a two years for serving doing what? Uh, a, um, a loot of police. I ran from the police on a traffic stop. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and when did you get out? I got out February 13th, 2024. So real recent? Just recently. Just two weeks ago. Okay. But you got a uh, couple job interviews already? Yes, I do. Well done. Um, and you're living in a halfway house right now? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, how and you're working or you're here with uh, Bradley Free Clinic? Yes, Bradley Free Clinic has helped me out a lot. Uh, guy Brian, he's really been thankful for me. I'm thankful to meet him. He's he's been one of the best people that give me the most assistance since I've been home. How'd you land in Roanoke when you're from Petersburg? Well, that's that's a that's a tricky question. I tried to get to uh, Richmond Halfway House, which they didn't have any beds available. So it was a halfway house in Roanoke. They had one available on my release date, so I took that and they accepted me, and now I'm here. Did you know anybody in Roanoke? Not at all. Not one person. But at least, but, but there are these people here who are, are willing to help. Yeah, there's people here that's willing to help, and it's actually a different, what I would say, breed of people from where I come from. You know, it's more fast-paced, and it's more, uh, more not slow-paced, but more a loving pace as you go. So, and, I, and I'm really enjoying it right now. I'm, I'm pretty much thinking I would be staying. Mm -hmm. well, man, I wish you all the luck with the job interview. Mm, thank you. Yeah, I, I know you'll be looking good. Thank you. I would imagine, I mean, a lot of people, they get out of prison and they're bitter or mm -hmm. they're, you know, they're angry, but you really seem upbeat, positive, hopeful. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful just to be in the free world because things could be worse, you know. I also have some other things that happened to me in my life that's, that's really changed, but I'm hopeful to be here because I got a lot of friends and loved ones that's gone. and. They can't be here to live another good day, so I'm hopeful to be here no matter what the struggle is. And I'm very happy for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and you, you know, rather than dwelling on your past, like you're, you're looking ahead. I'm definitely looking ahead. I'm looking to accomplish a lot of goals, and there's no looking back right now. What are some of those goals? Uh, I'm trying to run my own, uh, start my own business as in a rest restaurant franchise and maintain a positive vibe and give back to the people that helped me or give back to the people that need help. So those are some of my five to ten year goals. So I'm a job interviewer. Okay. Right? All right. And I said, you know, obviously I know about your past, but what do you want me to know about you that would what made me want to invest in you? I'm a very productive person when it comes to when it comes to working. I strive for for the best ability of my ability to do the job. Uh, I'm very oriented with people. I'm very nice, and I understand people in all different ranges from ethics and ages to I can understand people coming from the bottom or people that's up to the top. You know, I've seen it all coming from my age of being 35 years old today. So I'm I'm very positive in my working environment and I'm willing to learn anything I don't know. And you're going to be looking good. I'm definitely going to be looking good. Good luck, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, good luck. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Thank you so much. much. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. Well, 
I am pleased to report that D'Antonio ended up getting the job, thanks in part to Salem Area Ecumenical Ministries. And we hope to see you at our watch party featuring this impactful organization on March the 14th at the Grandin Theater. Visit our website, buzzforgood.com, to learn more. Until then, thank you for tuning in and for continuing to support the nonprofits in your life and being a buzz for good in your community. Bye now.